spend some time alone and you like sit in a room for basically three days and you do nothing. When you are forced to do nothing, your mind starts to go crazy in like survival mode. All the bullshit that you think is important subsides and you're left with like the most important things you need to focus on. And so once you have a desire that you can't sit in a room anymore and ignore and all the bullshits aside, you go head on into that and you just crush that like put everything else aside. And so first you figure out yourself, you figure out whatever it is you're pursuing. And that's like the thing that gives you the most gravity as a human. If you don't know who you are, and if you don't have a mission you're driving toward, it's very hard to be convincing. How do you get a high level group of people around you that actually care about you? It's so tough to find friends who do support you. But once you do, you really need to like double down on those friends because your environment really does dictate your success. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so for the person watching who wants to make better friends, right? Mm -hmm. They know like they're almost being held back from their, their friend group. What's your recommendation for that person? All right. All right. Welcome Arlen to the podcast, man. Excited to have you. Super excited, Tim. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we're here in LA. I'm here with Arlen Moore and Arlen Basically, we got introduced by our, by our mutual friend, Yassine, and I, I did a ton of research actually the past few weeks. Um, and so we're going to cover things like Instagram game, social life, dating, mindset, business, traveling as well. So I figured let's not let's jump right into this. So Instagram game, like how did you how did you get into this online world content and like basically wake up one day and said, I want to start creating content? Yeah, good starting point. So when I was growing up, I grew up in a very artistic household, mom, painter, dad, photographer, and I always had a camera in my hands. You know, my dad had cameras around the house and we would make different videos together and that kind of transitioned into, you know, whatever I'd be doing with my friends. We'd, we'd often do creative stuff and um, whether it was like trying to, make videos to impress girls or like make uh, a recap of a snowboarding trip when I was 12 or 13. And so it was always just like making videos and, and telling stories and doing artistic style things with a camera was just something I grew up with. And I think it's also important to note, especially for like a younger, younger people listening mm -hmm. that like, when we were growing up, and how old are you? 27. 27, okay, yeah. I'm 26. So when we were growing up, like we were 10, 11, 12, like there was no Instagram. Mm -hmm. And there there wasn't, there was no Instagram. There was no, YouTube was like sort of coming up. Um, I had a MySpace. I had an AIM AOL Messenger account. Same. I had Facebook when it first came out. And when I first started posting content, it was on Facebook, you know, snowboard videos or like weird music video things that my friends and I would make and um yeah it was just always a hobby and like a, a skill set that I started to develop whether you know video editing running a camera making coherent sort of edits and then when I got to college I went to Boston University I was accepted into the film school but as soon as I got accepted I thought that I needed to transfer to the business school if I ever if I ever wanted to make money. I didn't think that it was a that like film production was a a leverageable skill set for like I wanted to make a lot of money mm -hmm. and I just didn't think that like holding a boom mic 
you know, on, on a, on a studio set at a movie was like a, it just didn't make sense to me. I didn't think that there was any use for like a communications degree. So I immediately transferred for the, to the business school. And as soon as I did that, I felt like that was even less of a, of, of a, of a, uh, intelligent path to take. <laughs> I was like, wait, so I'm going from like these communication school classes to accounting and finance and I suck at math and these professors like they aren't even that successful and um around this time I watched the social network and I tried to start teaching my uh college roommates how to code and trying to teach myself how to code and like we were going to build an app and that also was when I discovered Ty Lopez and he's I would say one of the fathers I'm sure you were kind of up growing yeah, up in that that like, was the first course i bought Tyler exactly this is social media marketing course yep so i was so i actually didn't buy the course but i probably had a pirated version of 67 yeah. steps or something <laughs> and so i i bought i bought a couple courses um and watched a ton of free youtube content trying to learn how to start a business uh i tried smma i tried shopify i tried i tried uh i tried to start a course on how to be an influencer when I had a thousand followers, like I literally tried all this stupid stuff. I tried an app and nothing worked. And then a year later of failing time and time again, I went back to what I was originally good at, which was making videos. And I just started filming my life in college. And turns out people were really interested in that. And that was something I quickly figured out like traffic wise, mm -hmm. that if you go to a school like Boston University, they're getting hundreds of thousands of searches on YouTube anyway. So I just started making videos and using the Boston University like SEO and also not just Boston University, but kids and people all, all around the world just interested to see what is this college life like in America. And I just started filming everything and making videos every day. And within a year, I think I had like 80 or 90,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And um this was what year 2016 to 2017 wow so you got 80 90k in one year yeah it's a lot so. yeah i went like every day i was like i was like everyday bro guy like I, yeah. I was just new video every day like whatever we're doing um and the the good thing was that i'd spent the whole freshman year like making a bunch of friends so I look back at my videos and I actually archived a lot of them that you can find them on my channel if anyone looks looks me up. But I did kind of hide them just because I didn't they don't really align with my brand now. But I love those early videos because they're so real and raw. Like they keep in mind too in we're, we're talking about 2010 when you and I were, you know, 11, 12, 13 and there was no real social media now 2017 2016 2017 when i started doing youtube very actively there was certainly a lot more social media stuff happening there were definitely we're in la right now influencers were becoming a well-known thing but in boston there was no there was no one holding a camera and filming themselves like that yeah. was not a real thing and there was also no tiktok and there was no instagram so this was a very strange thing to be doing. I mean, my parents were concerned for sure. Um, 
even in, even when I had like 20, 30,000 followers, my parents were like, okay, like what's, <laughs> what's he doing? And my friends, like they, my friends thought it was cool. And one of the reasons it was cool was because I was, I was going to college parties with like the BU hockey team or like the BU soccer, the D1 soccer team and filming these guys like piss drunk in a basement and then like class the next morning hung over. And it was like so raw because those early videos, I didn't have followers. Mm. Everyone seeing them was like, holy shit, this is like so real. Yeah. And then, um, and they hadn't seen that before. So I had an angle that people hadn't seen before. And I was already good at making videos. I already had that skill set. And college vloggers wasn't really a thing. I was definitely like one of the earlier college vloggers. Now, pretty much every school you're gonna, if you look up any school in the United States, you're gonna find like four or five like vloggers. Vloggers. And because they just want, every girl wants that life. You know, they wanna just. I think every kid growing up nowadays wants to be some sort of influencer, YouTuber, TikToker. Yes. And there's certainly. There's like entrepreneur archetype. There's like college vlogger archetype. Yeah. But I was definitely, I, I got, I don't want to say I got lucky, but I had everything in my, in my favor. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I started the college videos and then I graduated in 2019 and the last four years I've just been continuing making videos and filming my life and filming uh, different styles of content and i've also just for some reason like i would say my two main pieces of content that i do are on youtube but then every day i do instagram stories and my instagram stories are like my modern day email list and i put a lot of effort into them and i've probably been making seven to 20 instagram stories a day for like probably the past two and a half years wow and so, and I, it's like an email list. Like I, I write copy and like I explain stuff or I at least take some cool pictures of things and it's just second nature to me. Like it's mm. just, it's, it's, it's to me, it's the most intimate way to connect with people that want to follow me and, and see what I'm up to or learn from me or something like that. Because it's like, not only can they read almost like an email with a picture attached to it, but then they can message me immediately. Yep. And I'm super active in DMs. And so that is, uh, I think that brings us to today, just um, continuously putting out tons and tons of content. And um, I also think that the way that business has changed in the last several years is like the CEO of a company is so much more than ever, like the face of the brand and like the front man. And you have other people around you, like you have a, a, a production assistant and you have, you know, obviously your departments um, around you. But I've, I really feel like business is shifting to where if you have a personal brand, no matter what kind of company you have, it helps your business like, like in so many different ways. It's a, it's like it, not only can you obviously have a, a, a following that buys your products, but then it's like a networking tool and it's, it's um it's it's everything it's so important so uh and i know that's something that we're going to talk about today so excited to share some more thoughts on that yeah 100 percent. so you start putting out vlogs when when did you make that connection where it's like okay vlogs you're still in school when did you drop out and basically you know pursue making money online full time so i didn't drop out 
I graduated. Oh, got gotcha, yeah, I, gotcha. I wanted to drop out, but then at the same time, it was almost like paying for college was part of my brand. And mm. like it did help it at, at the tail end of it, like it still helped to have to like be that guy in college and sort of being that kind of relatable character. And it was a it was a little bit of a struggle like out, coming out of that because now it was like definitely a lot of my audience was like oh we're watching this guy because he's in college and then like you're not in college anymore you're just a guy you gotta right. you gotta redefine yourself um but i mean yeah so i, I actually didn't drop out Got but it. there were definitely times i wanted to and I, I could have yeah but i just i stayed um i learned some things in college i definitely did like yeah. I, i'm not i don't want to be one of these guys that's like you know you should definitely drop out but be, and that and that's because I did learn some things. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if yeah. it's... I, I would definitely say that I've learned a lot more from online courses than I did, you know... In class. Yeah, in classes. Yeah. But I, I did learn, like, some good stuff. Exactly. I, and I think everyone has their own experience, right? Because I, I do believe in the online course world, it's, you know, fuck college, do online courses, mm-hmm. like, just, just do that. And I, I think there's there's pros and cons to both. Right. And, and you kind of just have to figure out what path fits mm-hmm. the most for you. So after Boston university, what did you do after that? Mm. Yeah. So I graduated 2019. Um, I was actually in a pretty weird, difficult, public, tragic relationship, um, that I, I like, sh- I learned so much about relationships in that period uh and and what happens when you move things too quickly and what happens when you get into a relationship with someone and you don't read the red flags early on and um and so i I was as i was graduating i was like in this terrible space like i had actually um i had a very public relationship with this girl and i don't want to go too far into it but long story short it was super public like to the point where i I had YouTube videos with her and there were, it was also at that time, like couples videos on YouTube were like SEO crazy. And so we were getting like 50, you know, 50,000 plus views a video and people knew who we were. And then long story short, she like cheated on me with this celebrity and like everyone found out and it was like Hollywood fix paparazzi. Like it was mm. just, it was so bad. And then, um, that was like very difficult to come back from because I'd also graduated and now my whole audience that I'd built up over the last four years was like, this guy's like, you know, it's just like got crushed. Yeah. It's just, it was just so embarrassing. It was like probably one of the most, it's definitely the most embarrassing thing that I ever went through. Um, and to have like, yeah, to have like hundreds of thousands of people that I loved and that loved me. And then just to get crushed like that was like such a death blow. Um, I felt like, ryan garcia like it was just like boom that liver shot just couldn't get up and and i was like that for a while um but then in in september 2019 i was like i gotta like i I got out of the relationship i actually got back with her even after she like publicly embarrassed me and anyway I, i got out of it and um i was like i gotta kinda light a fire under my ass and like get back into it. I also like was 
I almost had no money anymore too because I was spending so much. And I hadn't made videos for a while. And my friend, I had some friends in Boston that I hadn't, you know, that hadn't cut, I hadn't cut off because that was another part of the relationship. I was like cutting people off. It was, it was was bad. Um, But I had some friends in Boston who were living this luxury apartment building in Boston that I couldn't afford at the time, but I got a room anyway. And I was like, I just, I'm just going to make money. I'm going to figure it out again. And I'm just going to figure out how to afford this basically. Yeah. And, um, and that was probably one of the best decisions I could have made. And I was around like motivating people again. And I started making videos again. And um, around that time too, I started to really relook at how I, like who I was surrounding myself with and like started to seriously audit, like who am I letting into my life and do they really care about me? And I met these guys, Jordan Greenfield and Casson Ward, who are the founders of a company called Hubi. And at the time, Hubi was not even close to what it was today. They were like a just early, early, early startup. Um, and the concept was even, they were completely different than what they are now. Um, now, Hubi is in the Instagram bio of like Jeff Bezos, David Dobrik's an investor. Um, you know, they're, they're massive. There's billions of, of reach across all of the users. Wow. And so I, I became friends with them and I, that was a key moment becoming friends with Jordan and Casson, And I should, I should say Bianca and, um, Sam, who's like their creative director, because for the first time, um, probably in my life, I was hanging out with people who I would make a YouTube video of us, you know, going out in Boston or, you know, just hanging out in their, their startup office. And they would like, they would post my YouTube video on their Instagram story. And I never had that before. I was like, Oh, this is different. Like friends who actually not just like text me, like they like what I'm doing, but they're actually going to go out of their way to publicly support me. Which if you remember what I just said, like some, someone that I thought cared about me publicly embarrassing me, like to go the other opposite way, that was like the best feeling in the world. And so I really made a focus to try to surround myself with people that like really, really loved me and wanted the best for me. And, um, and yeah, and quite a lot happened since that was 2019, but uh, but that's what happened, you know, immediately after yeah. after yeah. college. Yeah, I think you touched on on a few great points there, and, and especially the one you just touched on, which is it's so tough to find friends who do support you, but once you do, you know, and it's it's you really need to like double down on those friends, mm-hmm. right? Cause I feel like those are like, these are like the key inflection points in life where it's, where you get that momentum because your environment, your environment really does dictate your success. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm sure we've all heard the quote, like, you know, you're the, the five people who you hang out with the most, but a lot of this stuff is true. Like some of my most like transformational periods were like when you know, I, I met friends outside of college who like were more entrepreneurial and understood like the journey. Um, cause when you start your own thing, it's, it's pretty lonely and I'm sure you've, you've experienced that same thing. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Like there were so many times in college when I was making videos and I had friends, but I didn't have friends that, that really cared about what I was doing. Yeah. They, you know, I would, 
I would be, there were so many nights, like they'd be in the living room. I lived in a house with like six guys and they'd be in the living room playing Fortnite and drinking beers. And I'd be in my room editing videos. And, you know, even sometimes I I had friends who like definitely liked, they, they liked me and they liked what I was doing, but they, you know, they didn't really care. Like they just wanted to, you know, do college and, and get a job after. And, you know, uh, Arlen's doing his thing, but you know, it's not the same when it's exactly as you're saying when you have people who are entrepreneurial who want to build with you it's completely yeah. different um so it can definitely be lonely if you don't have that yeah uh, it, and like it takes it takes like a lot of um power to see all your other friends like doing kind of um i don't want to say the word degenerate but like you know drinking and, and partying and stuff and you'll you choose to stay home and work yeah and that's everyone has to go through that if they want to be anything i think Espe- unless i mean unless of course you have friends that want to work with you but but that's probably a phase that most people have to go through early on is like everyone else is doing other shit while you stay home and, and focus yeah so when did you really start traveling a lot and like really doubling down on that content whether that's on on your vlogs or or on your instagram i I started traveling and filming it more so probably in 2018 um but really yeah yeah probably 2018 i mean i went to australia uh and then i went to bali and i did a trip to morocco um but then after I graduated 2019, I met Jordan and Casson, and then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So that was like 2020 and 2021. I moved out to LA, so I wasn't traveling that much. After 2021, um, and the pandemic started to get like a little less worse, like I would say October or like probably August 2021, that's when I just started traveling like insane. 2021 to 2022 i did probably 17 countries and wow um yeah all over uh in in a year like just the craziest travel ever (laughs) and so when did you start your company tribe accelerator so the story behind starting tribe accelerator was i had a mentor who told me that if i started a coaching program that it'd probably be a good idea the only problem was i had all these people who watched my videos but there was no particular reason it was just they think this guy's cool he's got a lot of cool friends he's doing a lot of traveling um you could teach them something was kind of the idea so i started that like i started a coaching program three years ago that was just like access to me in a group chat with everyone else a couple weekly live calls and i made some course content And I started to realize that the thing, like the superpower that I had simultaneously built up during the past several years in college was my networking and social skills. And I have a very unique take on it because not many people have, have a been obsessed with just like, I was very into like RSD content, like real social dynamics. I don't know if you have heard of them. I've heard of them. yeah. Yeah. So they're like a social skills and dating company so i was obsessed with that kind of stuff i bought all these like networking dating courses and then i was also filming my life so 
I, I was filming my whole life while being obsessed with like learning to improve my vocal intonation and my body language and what things I should say to certain people to get them to like me more. And I was also like crazy on, I read like hundreds of books on, on Audible while in college, you know, like walking to class in the cold, snowy weather in, yeah. in BU. So I was always jamming personal development, specifically um, social improvement videos. And then I was filming my life and my interactions with all dif- all these different people. And then I would go home and watch the footage and I'd be able to see myself in that footage talking to people and, and, and like how I would respond to them and how they'd respond to me. And so I just realized I, I was like really good at imp- helping people improve their communication style and, and improve their, how they make friends. And so the coaching program shifted from just general advice to just basically how do you get a high level group of people that that are around you that actually care about you um and and that's what tribe accelerator is and i cover you know everything from how to set up your personal brand in a way that communicates and and communicates that you're a person of value and also you're you're like a mysterious person so like high level people are intrigued by what you're building and from that to like setting up different events to setting up trips to developing relationships long term and and so yeah i've been doing tribe for the past about year and a half gotcha and it's been great there's like 300 plus members and guys are all over the world right now like there's I think there's like 18 guys in Tribe Accelerator right now in Changu in Bali, <laughs> like wow. doing events and dinners. Um, there's guys in Dubai. There's guys in Colombia. That like all from all over the world, just traveling. It's just a, it's a group of guys where you you kind of hop in and you're like, I want to go to you know I live in wherever Missouri and I want to travel to India. You're gonna find a guy who will go with you, yes. and and they'll book a flight like that. And most guys are digital marketers, like making money from their laptop. And so, um, yeah, it's just like a, it's like a group of guys who are all in that same frequency. It's sort of like a Tate war room, except less Tatey. Yeah. So, (laughs) so for the person watching guy or girl who wants to make better friends, right? Mm -hmm. They know like they're almost being held back from their, their friend group. What's your recommendation for that person? I'll focus on guys just because, and I'll give, I'll give my take for women, but um, cause I actually did originally coach men and women, but I just decided that because I'm a man and my experience as a man is different, specifically a straight man who is a man, <laughs> you know, uh, just, it's just different, yeah. you know? So, um, what would I recommend to like, like the steps to take to make friends on that level is the first thing is you definitely should spend some time alone and that's like the first thing i tell people that kind of like shakes them up they're like why should i i thought i had to make friends like no you have to actually sit in a room like i tell one of the first assignments i tell guys to do is like uh at home silent retreat and you like sit in a room for basically three days and you do nothing and when you are forced to do nothing your mind starts to go crazy in like survival mode and basically all the bullshit that you think is important subsides and you're left with like the most important things you need to focus on. Once you figure out, which is essentially like your, 
your calling or your purpose, at least at the time. And so once you have like an, an, a desire that you can't sit in a room anymore and ignore and all the bullshits aside, you go head on into that and you just crush that like and put everything else aside. And so first you figure out yourself, you figure out whatever it is you're pursuing. And that's like the thing that gives you the most gravity as a human. If you don't know who you are and if you don't have a mission you're driving toward, it's very hard to be convincing to anyone. Like yeah. you're just a feather in the wind and you don't know who you are, or what you're doing. Like you can't, no, no amount of pickup lines or dating advice or whatever is going to help you at all. You're just like, people smell right through that. You know, people who don't know who they are, you can just look at, you can just, you can just tell. The congruency's you know? off. Yeah, it's yeah. completely off. And it's not everything, you know, like congruency and, because uh, dating coaches will talk about congruency, but that the way, most dating coaches who talk about most dating coaches in general are just short term, like how to you know hook up with as many girls as possible, and you can't teach congruency like that because like that that's just it's just wrong, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's just like it's it doesn't that's not the same congruency as like knowing who you are as a man and like committing yourself to a higher calling and just going for that yeah so that's that's number one and then the second one is um i actually help guys like really double down on improving their personal brand specifically on instagram because instagram is one of the most powerful networking tools in the world and and dating tools and so i help guys in almost like an 80 20 way even if they have you know no prior experience in experience taking photos or they don't know how to how to take photos or what to do i show them how to create almost like a minimum viable brand that is extremely appealing and um i tell i show them how to take the photos like i, I teach a lot of things that really my mom and dad taught me about like color theory and rule of thirds and you know all, all these like composition things to photos um and and so guys have a, a very Art, like like intentionally designed and artistic Instagram uh, profile that even with only like seven or eight photos, you're going to look at and be like, I want to know who this guy is. Like this guy's on a mission. He clearly like, I mean, you're, you're incorporating like other, you know, influence tactics. If we, <laughs> the 25 cognitive biases, uh, Ty Lopez. I don't know if you recognize that. No, that one I don't. Oh, okay. He's always talking about uh, the 25 cognitive biases. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I talk about, you know, how, how to, how to take the photo specifically, like what's the difference, for example, between a, a podcast where I'm looking at you and I break the fourth wall and I look directly into the lens or, or what's the difference between, you know, a shot where it's you alone versus you with a girl next to you or a, a picture with your parents. Like what is the psychological communication that's happening when with all these different factors and it, it, like I, I go like crazy with it it's a very in-depth yeah program tribe accelerator but um but in short step one get to know yourself step two build an attractive instagram step three create an event or i call it a, just a, a gathering that's recurring it could be once a week it could be once a month that is valuable to people that you want to get to know and it should be so valuable that even if someone doesn't know who you are, they would want to go to it. 
So just as, as an example, this is a very popular one that guys in tribal do because they want to meet other high-level guys. I call it the thinker dinner. So a thinker dinner is just exactly what it kind of sounds like. It's a group of entrepreneurs typically or artists or creative people and you host a dinner at a whatever nice restaurant, nice house and you say it's limited spots and that's it. It's just a networking dinner and you can set that up and even if people don't know who you are, you can basically leverage the social proof of other people or just other high-level people are going to attend this dinner. Would you like to come? And um, and if you do that once a week, it's it's awkward at first, but then over time, it kind of develops like a, its own brand, you know, and, and you can go to the same restaurant and now the manager knows you and all the waiters know you and you walk in and people are like saying, you, you know, saying, hey, what's up, Tim? You know, welcome back. And it's a very impressive like tool that the more people you meet in business and you become a regular at these places and the whole staff knows who you are, it's just, it's, that's an impressive thing, you know? So there's that. And then there's, of course, setting up like larger gatherings in the form of trips. Um, and basically what you want is you want this, you want this like trifecta of knowing who you are, having a strong identity in the metaverse because although i I don't want to i don't ever plan to go full zuckerberg you know vr headset (laughs) like the you're i'm a fan of like augmented reality and i I think we're already in the metaverse a little bit where like your digital identity clearly matters so so you you know who you are in reality you communicate that as as effectively as possible in physical in in the digital reality in the metaverse and then the third part is you um, you have a event in the in the physical reality that is recurring that is so valuable that high level people would want to go to that event even if they don't know who you were. So you have those three things. Now, as you go about your life, you you have everything you need. So if you met someone on the street, whether it's a pretty girl or a, some entrepreneur that you'd want to network with, and you. I say street, but another side of it is like organizing your schedule so that you're in the right places where you would happen to bump shoulders with someone that you would want to know. Um, Small example there, like there's a bunch of different gyms in Los Angeles. Rather than getting an LA fitness membership, consider going to Equinox or consider going to Dog Pound where you're likely to meet and just rub shoulders with like really successful people. Or rather than going to, um, you know, Rather than shooting a, a podcast in your apartment, why don't you rent a room at the one hotel? You know, and who knows who you meet in the lobby at the one hotel. But then when you do meet those people, you can get their Instagram. They see you on Instagram. They see you're cool. And then you have you already have something cool to invite them to, which is that dinner. So you, you sort of create this gravity around you with those three things. And you build on that over time. And you can imagine having a recurring event, improving your social media over time, and also simultaneously getting more successful by pursuing your your purpose as a man and doing those things every week for years. Like it's just a upward spiral that continually um, delivers. And when you do that, the other side of it is typically what you put out, you get exactly in return in some way. So you host a few dinners, you're going to start getting invited to other people's dinners. And you start getting invited to things to the point where you you can't go to them. That's like a that's a huge goal, you know, for that I help guys within tribe is like 
how do you have so many invites that you have to turn them down? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the crash course right there. So you really see, or you think of Instagram as really this, like, it's almost like your resume, right? It's like, it's like the modern day LinkedIn where it's not as professional, but you can still showcase business, your work, your passion, all of that. How do you go about building, you know, a high end Instagram page? Yeah. Um, it definitely depends who you are. Cause if you're Tim and you're, you know, you're already really successful and you already have a really cool network. Um, then the idea is you want to capture that in, in the most effective way. Right. So like your Instagram is, is really strong. Um, you know, if, if you're friends with Jake Paul and there happens to be a photographer that gets a courtside picture of you, that's perfect. Like, honestly, I would tell guys, I would even tell you, like, you don't really need that many more pictures aside from that one. And I, I think you might have like 12 pictures on your Instagram. That's all you need. You have, but each picture is like, you want to look at each picture as like communicating something. And if, if you're Tim, if you're... <laughs> If you're Tim, that's, um, you know, you, your life is already cool. You could get it. You could have gotten a, a, a photo on the plane today, like showing that you travel. You could get a photo of us for this podcast right now. Um, this is all really cool content that, you know, there, there's so much you can communicate in a photo. Yeah. Right. Like, like if you have a photo, like you have of, of you and Jake courtside, and then the next photo is like you and I, and anyone who is a high value person is going to zoom in and see the AP on your wrist. They're going to know we're at the one hotel by the tag. Like all of that is just what more do you need? Mm-hmm. Like, like for just take the the average entrepreneur that doesn't know who you are. They just see two pictures and they would get dinner with you. They'd probably have you at their, at your house or they, they would invite you to their house and to like stay for a week. You know, they're like, I don't know who this guy know, is, but I know that he knows, Jake, I know he has an AP. I know he has a podcast, at the one hotel. What more do you need? Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much trust with those three details. Um, so it's a lot of these like details that people may not even be thinking about. Like, like if someone just goes again, like, like the one hotel or, or what people are doing, like, like I didn't even post any, um, flight or travel stuff, but I think it's like, sometimes you get so much into your day-to-day you forget you don't Mm -hmm. really these aren't things aren't really top of mind unless Mm -hmm. you're thinking about it yeah so yeah so i guess the first part is like becoming aware of what are these signals that 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 high level people will notice and pick up on and once you're aware of those signals you then look at the photos that you've had in your life and you see do i already have photos that communicate that do i even need to take more photos some people don't need to take more. They simply need to just post the photo, the three to to 12 photos that are already good. And they need to actually archive all the photos that are screwing them up. Like I've had a lot of guys who are very high level join and they have like, th- like three or four really cool pictures. And then there's like, just cause they've had Instagram for a few years, there's like a hundred photos that are subpar average if not, you know, going back into like the high school days where it's like shows you with your prom date and shows you when you're, you know, your, your high school boys, like 
I don't know, doing some weird stuff on a sleepover. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. You it's don't like, need it's the, like not high quality as well. So it, I, I tell guys, if it's not a ten out of ten photo of you today, just archive it. Yeah. Don't delete it. Just like archive it. Give it to your mom. Like print it out. Give it to your mom, and that's that's it. You don't need to show the world or like, you know, if I don't know if if. Uh, Yasin is the first person that comes to mind. Like if, if Yasin comes in here and it's like you have three photos to show him of who you are, is one of those photos going to be you and your boys when you're 15 at the sleepover? No. no probably but not. yeah, that's what you do with social media. Yeah. Same thing with a girl. If there's a, a girl you think is the most beautiful girl you've ever seen and you could show her three pictures of yourself to show her, hey, do you want to go on a date with this guy? Are you going to show her the picture of you from your high school yearbook or you and your your boys getting ready for a tailgate in college in a frat basement yeah. like no <laughs> you don't you show the most up-to-date high quality photos of of you and um and yeah if you don't have that then there's other ways to do it like not everyone is is uh is crushing it right yet you know a lot of guys that actually end up joining tribe accelerator are more so you know, just starting on their journey, but there's still other ways to show value. You know, like one way is save up some money, go on a trip, go to Bali, go to go, go anywhere. Like people don't realize how high value it actually is to even get on a plane. Like, like the fact that you travel puts you even, you know, uh, I I don't, I don't remember what the stat is, but like something like 90 or 95% of people in the United States, like travel um they travel like less than twice a year wow i didn't like know it's that. it's crazy so so if you just go somewhere you know that's one example yeah, but one life traveled like 60 times last year yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like so uh so you know you and there's so many ways you can take it but um with instagram yes yeah, it's, it's just about controlling and showing like you have to understand you're showing a version of yourself by default. So why, why not just be intelligent and just show the best version of yourself? Yeah. You know, and, and you could, you could argue, you know, Oh, well I want to be authentic. Well, yeah, that's fine. I have pictures of me and my mom and my dad on, on my Instagram and pictures. I call those like comfort building photos. You know, I, I'm a relatable person. I love my mom. I love my dad. So I have photos where it's just cheesing, looking at the camera and that's cool and and uh and that that's important too but it's it's understanding the balance of like which photos are almost like which photos do you just like not need to have there yeah that are that are hurting you um that's what that's like one of the first things that that we do in tribe is like on the group calls and my coaches will go in and just pull up your instagram and go nope 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 and then they'll and they'll tell you why yeah yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your recommendation to someone in their twenties right now to become more high value? I think it's that first thing. It's sit in a room for a few days, and then have a journal with you, and you should come out with with something. You know, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. It's it's going to be some calling on on your heart by some higher power. Um, 
And I mean, my advice more so to, it, it depends, you know, it depends uh, on the specific person and specifically where they're at. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're 14 to 18 years old and you're in, you're in high school or you're in college or you're applying to college, you need to get a job. Like you, you need to, you need to figure out how to make money. And I don't mean you need to become a remote closer or remote sales rep, because guess what? You're probably going to have to buy Cole Gordon or Luke Alexander's course, which costs three to $7,000. And you don't have that money. You need money to buy a course yes. in the first place. So I actually just made a YouTube video about this, like how to make your first $10,000 a year. Like that's step one is you got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And so for that, um, you know what I did, like I did landscaping. I worked at a restaurant. Um, when I, when I was 15, I worked at a restaurant from 15 to 18. I was a caddy at a golf course. Um, I did, dude, I, I taught my neighbor piano, like my old lady neighbor. I, I gave her piano lessons for $10 a lesson. Like I, I had an internship for when I was 18, I had an internship for a Shopify store, a guy in my town. Um, I, as I said, I was good at making videos. I made videos for like $300 a pop for, uh, like local business owners in my town. Yeah. I did drone videography. I had, I had so many different, like little, uh, one-off, not, not one-off, but like kind of entrepreneurial sprints that you don't, you know, you don't need to buy a course for, you could just do it based on what skills you have. So like, look at, just ask yourself, like, what am I good at? You're probably good at something, you know? And can you teach that to someone or can you sell that as a, a, a kind of a mini agency to, and I recommend even local businesses. You don't have to learn how to even do anything on LinkedIn or, or talk to, do cold calling. You, know, you can do that. But I think step one is as is, is, is simple as like make a video for your local gym and charge a hundred bucks. You know, just get on the board, like get, get a few points up there. And then once you've saved up, and even, you know, that's entrepreneurial stuff. Like, get a job. I was a waiter. Like, I made $10 an hour as a busboy. And I saved, like, 1100 bucks doing that, I think, over the course of a few months. And then once you have that, then buy a course. Like, buy a real course. I'm not saying college course. I'm saying buy a real course. Learn how to be a closer. Learn how to start a social media management agency. Ty Lopez. Like, you just buy a course and Focus on improving your skills. As I mentioned, when I was 18, I sucked for a year with, and I sucked a lot longer than that. But, you know, I, I tried to start a Shopify store, social media management agency. Um, I tried to start a course about being an influencer, even though I had a thousand followers. Like, you got to do a bunch of stuff and probably fail at it for quite a while in, in terms of making money. But, at least you're learning the skill. Now, I actually talked about this on my Instagram story, but of all those I just mentioned, I truly think the best skill to learn first is how to is how to do sales. I think if, if you learn how to become a remote closer for a, typically it's a it's an info product, that's probably the the best the easiest path to making money quickly. Because it's only one skill. SMMA, you got to learn like 12 skills. Yeah. Closing, you got to learn one skill, and that's just sales. And then you you get a job with someone, and you close their offer, and you'll make 
a thousand dollars minimum a month to if you and that's if you like really suck to fifty thousand plus you know solar sales like door-to-door solar sales you get good at one thing and now you have that skill for the rest of your life and yeah i agree i I think sales. sales is that's if you can sell one that's just such a high demand skill because any business needs to sell more mm-hmm. so if you know how to sell and you can do it well you you will make minimum six figures a year anywhere like our top sales guys make 15 to 20k a month mm-hmm. some even more i think on on certain months when they're just so hot and it's because if you're good at it and you can sell you have a skill that's in need mm-hmm. right ai can't just replace that and not only is learning sales great for making money i think you just learn a lot of psychology you learn how to basically sell yourself as well and i think it's it's a key skill so yes yeah sales is it as you said it's every business needs it but it's like every business needs to take money somehow and you need to be the one in charge of getting people to give you money if you're that person you always take a fee and that's that's sales yeah and going back to what you're talking about too, in terms of what it takes to be successful, because I, I think a lot of people, they also look on social media, they're like, man, how did this person, they're so young, how they get so much success at such a young age. I'm 25, I'm 27, I'm, I'm 29, still living at home, but this person here is traveling the world, right? And I think from being around a lot of successful people at an early age, the one common denominator that I've seen across people is is two things. One is the willingness to try and fail, similar to what you did. Even for me, I, I paid for a coding bootcamp, social media marketing agency. Um, I, I, yeah, like those, those were two of my main ones I, I tried. Um, and I started two or three other businesses before this current one and they all failed, but it's that willingness to try and fail, learn what, what didn't go well and keep going, right? It's, it's this feedback loop. You have to constantly feed yourself as part of the process and not as this, oh, I failed. This is not meant for me. Let me just go back to what I was doing. I'm not meant to be successful or, you know, or having this victim mentality. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that that willingness to fail and try and having the resilience to not give up and, and have, Anyone who takes, even if you just take a five-year horizon and you do something and you just don't quit, most people quit within the first three months. And I'd say like 95% of people quit within that first year. Mm-hmm. So if you just even last a year longer, you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, yeah. And to your point too about like your your experience where you said you started a, you tried to start a social media management agency. What else? Um, so first I interned one summer uh, in college and that was horrible. Like I was making $10 an hour yep. and I was sitting in traffic. Intern for what? Away. I interned at Merrill Lynch as like a financial advisor intern. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, then after that, I did a coding bootcamp. Coding bootcamp. And okay. again, it, I, it was, this is probably, you and I probably had the same idea where it's like we see, you know, people in tech become billionaires and we're yeah. like, we gotta learn coding, Yeah. right? So that was my idea horrible coder i was a horrible yeah. coder yeah me too um <laughs> and then social media marketing agency i bought ty's course and then never really it was kind of just like a lot like it was there's good information there but it was just a lot 
right? Yeah. So it wasn't really meant for me. Um, meanwhile, you know, throughout my college years, I started two other businesses that didn't work in college. My first year out of college, that didn't work my other business as well. But the one thing I got to work my junior, senior year in college was trading. And so I was trading and, and still I didn't give up and I kept on starting businesses on the side until eventually, you know, I, I found success with stock navigators. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you did SMMA, you did the coding, you even the internship, like, but if you look at, I think that it's like the suckiest thing to hear, but also the best thing to hear <laughs> at the same time. Like, it's like your medicine to hear that what you're doing now and that like how useful has it been having failed those businesses, you know, probably not like, it's not like the most important thing, but the fact that you tried to do SMMA and you, you understand like Facebook ads, for example, or like, you know, little things about how the ad manager works or yeah. little things about, you know, coding even like you, you learned what an if then statement is like even yeah. understanding what that is or understanding, uh, I don't know if anything applied from your financial analyst thing, yeah. but I know for a fact that on my journey to where I am today, um, that every single little failure that I spent months trying to figure out uh, that never made any money, I still use those lessons today Yes, in some way. And that's the medicine. That's like, damn, like I'm probably going to suck for like, a little while longer but i know that it's not for nothing because i'm learning something that will eventually down the line work and, and will help me yeah um one i guess one little example of like a very direct and intentional move was when i was building my youtube channel originally i knew i was going to sell merch but i knew i didn't want to do it until i had made I'd watched a lot of Gary Vee and he was like, you got to like make, he was like, you got to jab, 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 right hook. Like you got, you know, and he's like, you got to make hundreds of videos before you ask for anything. Yeah. So that was my mindset. So I had it, I had like 10,000 subscribers before I sold anything. Wow. And I'd made over a hundred videos. But during that time, I wasn't selling anything. I had an internship and I was making $10 an hour working for a Shopify guy. And uh, I was running a Shopify store. I learned like the little cart automation bots and yes. like those, I, I just did, every, I wrote copy for the products. I learned about the inventory. I learned about, you know, uh, GoDaddy, like all, oh, there's so many little, so much. There's so many things from just running a basic Shopify store. Yeah. So that was like a mini like Shopify MB, MBA that I was being actually being paid for. And then I launched, I, when I went to actually do merch, I knew how to do it already. I didn't have to relearn. And even, even like the, the reason I got the internship was because I had tried to start a, a drop shipping store with Alibaba products. So I already was familiar with Shopify. So when I applied for the internship, it was like, I, I was like, yeah, I know how to run a Shopify store. Yeah. I never run a successful one, but I know how to, if yours is already successful. Yeah. I can, I can like do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's so key because eventually you 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 fail at this, but you take just one nugget from there, you fail at this, one nugget from there. Even even when even when my first business finally took off, the, the one I have right now, Stock Navigators, it it was not easy. I was 
pretty bad at business, honestly, even after all those, these failures, right? Like I, even then Facebook ads, I had to like relearn it and then like figure out how to, to run local Facebook ads and, and even put, putting together like a VSL and stuff. I had to go learn and watch videos and, and buy courses. So a lot of these things is just trial and error and being willing to just constantly learn. And every time you make a mistake, understand that like it's part of the process and, and keep going. And, and it's, it's like these 10,000 little mistakes that basically get you to that one big win. And then once you have that one big win, you'll really have that momentum to, to keep going. So for you, what's, um, you know, obviously you started Tribe Accelerator. That's, that's kind of like your venture into business. What's kind of your goal right now on, on the business side in the next few years? The pillars that I'm focusing on our, our, our personal brand, um, tribe accelerator, and then maxi is definitely a, an interest of mine. And then this getting into like the, the business space as well. But I, I definitely want to approach it from a, like, uh, I don't remember who said the quote, but they said like artists are artists are some of the best entrepreneurs. And that's, that's definitely the angle I look at business. Like I try to do everything at least a little bit differently than I see other people doing it. Um, and I, I would like to kind of show people my angle on that. So, so yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you're entering a phase right now where you're buckling down pretty hard more on business? Yeah. 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 Cause it's, 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 or I guess like, how do you, how do you balance business and travel? Right. Cause I feel like for Mm -hmm. me, every time I travel, I lose my routine mm-hmm. and I, I get the most work done when I'm in this like deep work monk mode type of, mm-hmm. of, of environment. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good question right now in the past three months and one more month to go before I travel again, um, has been on building the team around me that, um, that, that operates and grows when even when i am traveling and 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 my role is actually essentially to travel for content purposes so being like the uh where the ceo is the front man of the company and and having my you know production assistant jack with me uh, and the the goal for me is to travel with rapid business growth at the same time and then you know i don't i i have like a few three or four weeks travel planned for, you know, um, June, July. But, um, but after that, yeah, I, I think it's, it's getting to a point where I do want to get more of a, a long-term lease and like really buckle down and, and also kind of go for like, I think a bigger, bigger, bigger win, um, potentially with maxi. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm 26. I got, uh, I, I got some, definitely got some good years of travel still left in me and a lot I want to see too. So, um, so yeah, my goal is certainly to like position myself in the business where travel doesn't really travel actually is, is something that my team would want me to do Yeah, because it helps. It just, it, 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 the content is inspired by the travel. Yeah. So I, I travel last year. I traveled a lot for work, but it's mainly like domestic in the U S what would you say would be like a top five spots that you've been to abroad that are like a must, must do, must go travel to? Mm. My favorite trips are 
the more like raw local experience type trips. Um, one of my favorite places, which I'm, which we have a, a, a trip to in, um, in June is Sicily. And in, in 2021, I went to Sicily with a bunch of buddies, uh, like guy internet friends. This was yeah. actually kind of one of the, I, the, the trips that inspired tribe accelerator where I had all these guy friends that were like entrepreneurial that I was just friends with on Instagram. And we all watched each other's Instagram stories. And actually, you, do you know Justin Liao by chance? I think I know him through Instagram. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we might've mentioned him once or twice, but yeah, he just said, you know, he posted this villa on from Sicily and he's like, who wants to come? And I was like, I'm down, bought a flight, like immediately never met him in person, talked on the phone once or twice, but like we social media, you know, it's just the, the, the trust that you can put in someone when you follow them on social media is crazy. So that ended up being like one of the most fun trips of my life. Um, particularly because we planned nothing. Uh, there was also like a rebellious side of it. Cause it was sort of, it was like, like Palermo, Sicily is where the pandemic like got really bad first. Mm. And so we were like in Palermo for a couple of days. And then we went out to this villa in, um, near like Cefalu and, uh, in the countryside, like where they filmed the Godfather. And so it was just like, it was just like six, six guy friends who had been cooped up in the pandemic and like we're in this place where no one speaks English and we went to like the local bars and the local clubs and the local beach clubs and it wasn't a tourist trip like it wasn't I've, I've done the and I the Europe summer circuit is super fun like you know Amalfi Coast and Saint Tropez and um, Barcelona you know the major cities but I my favorite places to go are more so where you're immersed in the culture and you don't really know what's going on. That's that's the best of me. Where like yeah. you you enter an environment, and it's like I got no clue what's happening. Like th- I, this is completely brand new. I don't know what these people are saying. Even I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the customs are here. But this is great. And so that's that's what happened in in Sicily. And I've had a few other experiences like that. I, I mean, my it, if you're. <laughs> And, and I guess I'm speaking a lot from the experience of a guy, but like if you're uh, I, I, the trip that I did to Morocco was actually really awesome. It's just not nice. the friendliest if you're a woman, if you don't cover. Um, but Morocco was cool. Um, Israel's really cool. Yeah, I, I like this. The just like places where you go and you're just completely culture shocked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to add that's my bucket list. Juan, you and I, uh, maybe not this summer, but next summer when when things are more in order so yeah i want to talk about mindset with you because i know that's that's i almost feel like that's that's the foundation Mm -hmm. right if you don't have a good mindset or good self-belief or confidence in yourself almost all of the advice we're giving people won't be relevant because they won't even be able to get out the couch or even convince themselves that they can do it so what was your mindset transition you know, throughout your twenties that, that allowed you to, to really keep pushing and trying things, you know, without having, you know, without knowing the, the unknown. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The mindset side is like, I think there's two sides to it. There's one that's like the, the engine of your mindset. That's like 
you got to find inside of you the part of you that just like can't be turned off and and like is just always moving and always propelling to the point where like if you're in a relationship your girlfriend's complaining about you know you 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 like you're you're still trying to talk about work at dinner when it's just you and her like that that you need to find that in like cuz if you don't have that then what you have is like this def- your your default setting needs to be this motor of 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 excited exhilaration for success and if you don't have that then you end up being the Fortnite Netflix you just you just end up not doing anything yeah. with your time and you if you, the reality is like if you really want to leg up like you have to be on pretty much all the time because other people are if you want to be better if you want to stand out like you have to be on all the time so you have to figure out how how to trigger that in you and i think there's a lot of different ways for most people it's kind of like a, a god-given thing where you're not born with it but something happens to you or you just have a, a switch flicking your head and like you know i i really hope that you know a, me saying this could be that switch for at least a couple people but you know, you, you gotta, for me, one of the things is, and I think it's just, I don't think about it like super proactively, but I think about my parents like a lot and how much I love them and how much they mean to me and how much I want to succeed so that I can enjoy life with them and give back to them. And, you know, so whatever it is, you know, it could be your, you know, people you want to give back to. Um, for some people, it's, naysayers and like people who to tell you you'll never be successful people are driven people are are driven by different things some people are driven by uh vanity and like they just really want to be fucking rich and famous and they just want other people to think that they're amazing and they're just driven by that um and some people are driven are, are genuinely driven by contribution to to want to have an impact on the world it's usually one of those three it's usually vanity they want to they feel a calling from god or higher power whatever that might be or it's madness and and they're like fuck everyone who said i could never do this you know there's so many examples of people that that are successful because they're driven by proving people wrong so taking there's a lot of different personality assessments that i've taken that have been useful for figuring out how to like step on your nerve, your nervous system. This is a great question. I, I haven't talked about this. So this is great. Like there's there's personality tests that you can take that you can figure out how you're wired so that you can twist the wires to like just screw yourself up even more basically to where you, you can't stop. Yeah. Um, the two I'd recommend, one of them is a little more in depth, but it's the Gallup Strengths Assessment Finder. It's like the Clif- Clifton Gallup Strengths Assessment. It's 50 bucks. Uh, it takes 20 minutes to complete and it gives you a really comprehensive breakdown of who you are and how to motivate yourself. And then the other one is actually super simple. It's Patrick Bet David's personality test. And that one shows you which of the three or four personalities you are, uh, whether you're driven by madness, higher purpose, va- or vanity. Um, and once you know how you're driven, you know, let's say, for example, you're you're motivated by people telling you you can't do something then make a list in your phone of every time someone makes fun of you or tells you that something's not going to work and then wake up every day and look at that list you know that i think that's what kobe bryant did i think that's what um 
probably what Kanye West did, you know. So you figure out what those things are. The next step of mindset is consistently remembering to set the bar higher and having some form of practice, uh, whether it's visualization, whether it's um, a vision board or um, the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich goal card technique or Vadim Zeeland's reality transurfing or... And people who don't know what I'm talking about are like, what are you talking about? But, you know, Google any of these things and do one of them. You know, the simplest thing is to just make a list of 10 goals that you want to achieve in the next year and just look at it all the time, like multiple times a day. And at least for like a couple minutes a day, like close your eyes and see yourself doing that thing, whatever it is, you know, and and you, you could have a vision of you driving your Aston Martin down Sunset Boulevard. You could have a vision of you um, with your dream partner in your house overlooking the ocean. It could it could be a vision of you shaking hands with like a really successful entrepreneur with a nice watch on. Um, and just, just, it doesn't matter, like the tech, the, the, people can get lost in those techniques, I think, of, you know, lost in like the manifestation mindset, woo. But I, de- I dedicate probably one to two days per quarter to really dial in and review those goals and and make sure that they're uh it's like the balance between like achievable and also really pushing you and i think um even guys like us probably like you probably relate to like sometimes you kind of forget to do that and you think you're sort of above it and you realize you're not actually you're not visualizing big enough. Like you, you've hit your point and you just like sustaining, but then there's always a next level. So the, the game, that game just keeps continuing. Um, so, so yeah, I would, I would probably say it's, it's those two, those two things. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I would say I, I've taken a lot of like different tests in terms of like knowing my personality and my strengths and weaknesses there. And I think building a business has been extremely helpful in that because I've learned a lot about myself in terms of like what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So I think it's like, it's, you have to constantly iterate, right? Because the moment you know, you're not good at something and you keep doing it, you, you enter what's called the loop. I call it the loop and it it's basically doing the same thing over and over again, where, you know, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It didn't work the first time and you keep doing it. Yeah. But yeah. so many people, get stuck in the loop, right? Mm-hmm. It could be the, the the person that you date. It could be, um, it could be a vicious negative, uh, mindset you have in terms of like victim mentality, what you don't believe is possible. Maybe you, you've created a narrative that other people were dealt better cards than you. And, and maybe that's true, but I think it's, it's once you end up in the loop, you create this bubble of a worldview that is different from reality. And I think that's what prevents a lot of people in their mind from from achieving success. Mm -hmm. Because you can walk out in the street or you walk past five different people. Everyone is in their own bubble. Everyone has experienced different things growing up. They've experienced different narratives. 
and how they see the world is is very black and white right and and there's there's a great saying on this which is strong opinions loosely held because you might grow up in 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 a religious family growing up right and so when you hit the real world where you're not in that bubble you believe all these things you were taught about this certain religion but then this person believes all of these other things that that they believe growing up and and you might just you might disagree with everything he says because you have very strong opinions but it's not that's not a necessarily a good way to to look at the world obviously you know that's religion but it, it could be in terms of like business principles or or and, and where i've seen it really affect people i would say is the quality of someone's decisions because one thing I, I've improved and, and I still continue to try and improve in business every single year is decision making because it's usually those those few key decisions you make a year that will be that that 10x potential that, that you have or will really you know move the needle. And but in order to make really good decisions, you have to have an extremely unbiased view in the world and and you have to be able to be so self-aware that you you take in different different information and you're able to filter it through your own best worldview that that's unbiased because the moment you add a bias in there every time I've gone wrong in in my decisions in the past it's because I assumed something you know you assume that this person is good at x y and z or you assume that this person has your best interests or whatever assumption it is. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I see mindset as mindset's complex. And that's why I love talking about it because it's, it's the, the better you understand, the better you understand yourself, the better you understand how the mind works, the more you work and, and train on, on these things. I, I think it's extremely compounding because that's, you know, that's, that's the one thing I, th I think AI can't necessarily replicate. So, hmm. yeah, I like, I love the loop idea. That's something that we, you know, everyone at every level is consistently battling with, um, make like making yourself new again. I, I've been, uh, one of my goals this year was to read the Torah, the Bible and the Quran. Mm -hmm. and um i've been pretty heavy into the into the bible recently and like learning about jesus i don't how were you were you, were you raised um i was it's interesting I, I almost consider myself i almost consider myself raised with no religion because mm -hmm. my parents are they're immigrants from vietnam so they grew up you know buddhism is, is extremely big over there mm -hmm. but it's interesting because they sent me to a christian school okay. growing up um but I, I would say right now I'm I'm not religious. Okay. So yeah. So I've I've just been learning about it because I just think that when you understand how every how how billions of people think and and structure their lives, it's that's important, you know, for yeah. like under just understanding influence and human behavior and um and yeah, like with Jesus and the cross, I've I looked at it and one of my um, good Christian friends was telling me that like with personal development and what I do with tribe accelerator, he's like, you are helping people with what the re with what the crucifixion is all about, which is it's about making yourself new again, consistently. 
and like Christianity is specifically the crucifixion is about uh, and the resurrection is about getting rid of the old self and replacing it with the new self and that's like every day you know it's like how do you, how do you escape that loop every single day yes. and and avoid groundhog day and avoid there's one of my favorite movies about that that's that's about this concept in the most abstract way is called a movie is a movie called the purple rose of cairo and it's a movie from probably the 70s 60s or 60s probably and in the movie this woman is in an abusive relationship and like her husband basically is an alcoholic he just beats her and every day she kind of has the same routines and the same habits and she decides to start going to this movie theater and she walks in and she sees this movie that she really likes and it's um you know this black and white movie and uh she really likes starts to fall like almost fall in love with one of the characters to the point where she keeps going back to the same movie and she's gone to the same movie like four or five days in a row and in the middle of the movie the character on the screen this um uh the guy that she kind of likes like stops his line in the set in the middle of it and looks out at her and he's like what's your name and everyone in the theater like the women start fainting and she's like me and he he's like yeah you and then she's like I'm, I'm alice i don't know what her name is alice yeah. and he goes i just think you're the most beautiful girl in the world and i'm done with this like i just want to step out and he steps out from the screen into the their real world and and he's in color and then he he takes her and they just run away and they it, it's like a whole romance and she's like but you there's just she's like but you're in the movie and he's like i'm tired of doing the same thing over and over because think about it he's a movie character and the whole idea is obviously that he's a character in a movie doing the same thing over and over but we're not that much different in how we just do the same thing over and over and not change and so um so so i i just i love that analogy and uh and i talk about i'd mentioned that in tribe but like picturing yourself from a third person view like are you living a loop and what would happen what would it look like for you to step out and just go a completely different direction um yeah that that's also yeah. a super important like frame of mind to have as well i would add that yeah yeah so there's one thing we do with with our sales team mm -hmm. anytime someone gets in a rut and they just stop closing because of whatever it is that may be going on in their minds, in their personal lives, you name it. We, we do internally what's what's called a hard reset, where basically the sales manager, and, and I used to run the sales team, but now now the sales manager does it. And you, you get on a one-on-one -on -one with a rep and you basically dive deep and figure out what's going on and you've reset their mindset and frame around it. Um, Sometimes it's as simple as they they go back into a bad habit they have in the sales call, but other times it's they might, you know, that something with their significant other or relationship might be bothering them, and then boom, they bring it onto the sales calls. Or it can even be as let's say they work out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and they miss a Wednesday workout and they do calls for that day. It's it's whatever it is essentially. It's, it's up to you to, to basically figure it out and, and reset them and, and get them amped back up to see like their potential and what they used to be closing and stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking 
in terms of like, what's the best advice for someone to get out of the loop, right? Because the loop can be any aspect of your life. You could be in a loop in your rela relationship where you're dating someone for two, three, four, however many years, and you know you're not supposed to be with them, yet you wake up every day and you convince yourself otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. That's a form of a loop. It could be you're at a, a job that you, you hate going to every day, you know you don't wanna do this, yet you wake up every day and you still do it. And maybe one day you do quit or one day you do break up with, with your significant other, but it's not three, four, five years online. So like, how can we best help people not not take three, four years and make that one simple decision that's, that's so key? And I think you need to have these forms of hard resets in your life where you can take time away from your environment to really reanalyze it. So the moment you have this gut instinct, and you know, like if you date someone, you know, for for a long time, you you probably have known earlier on that you and this person are not a good fit anymore. Yet you still cling on based on your worldview or or your history. And what you need to do, that's just one form. You know, your your job that you hate may be something else. But I think taking time to yourself. It could be a solo trip for one week, two weeks, just away and really having that time and space to think and reanalyze what your priorities are, what you really feel, what you really want, what you deserve. Those times are extremely crucial and, and the faster you can realize that and trust your gut and instinct to, to have these hard resets in your life, the faster you'll be able to, to course correct. Yeah, I think the best advice I can give on this topic is um, just from what I've personally done in my own life and how I've escaped it. Um, for example, the relationship I was in in 2019 that was really bad, it was only possible for me to actually escape that loop with the help of my friends and my parents. Where if you feel like you're in a loop, that you shouldn't be in, if you go to people that love you and you ask them, hey, do you think that I should be doing this still? And if it's a resounding no, then you're probably just brainwashing yourself or you have some kind of codependent people-pleasing tendency that you need to solve. Uh, and, and you should listen to other people that actually love you because you're not loving yourself. And... That's that's what I've done. Like when I when I was in that relationship, I uh, it my my mom and my dad were like consistently telling me like you're not you you need to get out of this, and I was just convincing myself otherwise. And then finally one day it just it just hit me. I was like, uh, I'm like a shell of a person. Like this is not gonna work. Um, and then another one is and th there's more like extreme ones like. Difficult relationships are, are probably one of the most, the hardest. Um, but with just like ruts in like life and business, I think there's a really effective, there's a really effective mental uh, exercise that I've done. Um, well, there's it's two parts. One of them is fear setting. Tim Ferriss talks about fear setting. And the other one is called, I call it the infinite, um, the infinite prosperity equation shows you how much money you have and how much money you're making until you basically go broke. 
So let's say, for example, you have $10,000 to your name. That's your total assets. And your expenses are, let's say your expenses are $6,000 a month and your income is $4,000 a month. So you have, in the numerator, you have 10,000 divided by 2,000. That means you have five months until you run out of money. You're spending 6,000, you're making 4,000, and you have 10,000. Yep. You have, you now have five months until you run out of money. That gives you five months of runway to, you know, whatever whatever you're considering doing. Um, let's say you have $10,000 to your name and you want to quit your job and you want to you want to try some other business right um and you're able to reduce your expenses to three thousand a month so three thousand minus now your income is zero and that means that three thousand or, or uh assets is ten thousand divided by three thousand is roughly like three point three something right so that means you have three months of runway before you go broke so it just it basically gives you peace of mind your bank account. Like this is something I taught my sales guys. Like cuz sometimes guys um who are on the phone and they're thinking about spending 1500, they aren't actually clear about their financial situation, but this shows them, "Hey, if you spend 1500 now, it's actually you still have 9 months of runway before you with your current expenses and your current income before you run out of money." So you have plenty of money to actually invest in this. Yeah. So it shows you that equation shows you in your loop how much of a financial risk you can take before you run out of money. And then comes in fear setting, which is basically once you've figured out how much runway you have, what's the next worst case scenario? If I did run out of money, what would I do? And most most people are afraid of the unknown. They don't think about what would actually happen if they did do that thing. If they did leave their job or break up with whoever or exit a friend group. And if you, if you actually outline, okay, well, what's the worst possible situation? Okay, how do I prevent that from happening? Like, what can I do? Maybe it's like, okay, I run out of money. The worst possible situation is probably move in with my parents. Well, okay, well, what if they won't accept me? Well, I could probably live with a friend on their couch, right? And so then you can even kind of reframe that and be like, well, that would actually be pretty epic, wouldn't it? Like, because then I'd be on my friend's couch and I'd hit rock bottom and I'd have this like, you know, maybe you could like live like a, uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club for a little while and just like, you know, feel like you don't need anything. Um, I actually had a friend recently um, who owes like a ton of money to the IRS and he's like, dude, like I owe like 200 grand to the IRS and I've never felt more free. Like he's 200 grand in debt. (laughs) And he's like, I've honestly never felt more free in my life. Um, So anyway, point being like, actually define your financial situation with that equation, which is assets divided by expenses minus income. See how much runway you have. If you if you have less expenses than income and the income's passive, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. If um and then if if you have, you know, four or five months till you run out of money and you want to quit your job, then you know that. And then you also define the worst possible scenario. And that gives you uh, that that at least gives you the logical runway, because but then there's still the emotional side of like, okay, well, I don't know if I can do it. Um, that that's a different side. I, I don't know. I'm curious what your take is, because the 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 honestly, the logical part's pretty easy. How would you suggest, or how have you personally gotten out of the loop for yourself, whether it was relationship or 
or business or job or whatever? There's there's a couple of different things I've did. And I, I think it's it depends on it depends on what the situation is. But at the end of the day, right, the loop is created. You put yourself in a loop when you have very strong beliefs about something that may not be true in the world, right? And that's why you're in that loop and you can't break to the next level. Now, so for me, one of the loops I was in right after college was I was in the college loop. Now, I wanted to define this as a college loop, which is basically the years after college where everyone that you know, your friend group still lives in the same city that your college was in. And so even a year after college, I was doing the same thing. I was going out with the same people, getting wasted Friday, Saturday nights, come weekday, you know, I, I would trade and I would, I, w- I would work on my business throughout the day, throughout the week, but come weekends, same thing. And so I was in this, this constant cycle of a party loop. And, and honestly, like for a lot of this stuff as well, it's unfortunate, but you almost have to go through it first to learn because it's very tough to be self-aware when you're, especially when you're in your twenties, because you haven't had the experience yet to even know that you're in a loop. But the moment that, you know, you have to make sure going forward, you can't let yourself go back into that same loop. You have to, you have to learn from your mistakes. So for me, fortunately, my business failed that first year after college. And so that made me reevaluate my finances because I put a lot of money into that, that business. Granted, I had money in my trading account, but you know, everything I've saved up that I've made that the last two years of college trading was basically gone minus you know, the, the trading account was there, but the excess money I made was gone because I, I failed the business. And so what ended up happening is I had to move back home in with my parents. And that was extremely, extremely beneficial for me because it allowed me to have this hard reset on just life in general. And that's why I think these hard resets are key. And if you don't, and if you're in that loop now, I think you have to create these environments for you. And so that could, again, that could be mean going on a trip by yourself for a week and reevaluating your, your career, your relationships, your health, and and making sh- and really thinking about them thoroughly and making sure hey is this the environment and situation i want to be in so for me it was because i pulled myself out of the environment i was in it allowed me to really question what i wanted to do on the weekends it really allowed me to question who i wanted to hang out with it really gave me the time and freedom to think about what i wanted to do next in my career as well because like you need mental clarity and room to breathe to figure out what you want to do next. And so for, for people who maybe feel stuck in their friend group or their career, it could be, it could be as simple as your city. You're just, you're the city and friend group environment you're in that's holding you back from getting to that next level. Right. And so I, I believe moving to a different city again, once you've, you've reevaluated and determined the right things, Moving to a different city and and having a a new start, I think, is extremely important. Or it could even be moving back home with your parents. Um, I think, like what you said, 
if you have a few people that you really trust and you want that honest opinion, go to them and ask because they probably have told you many times in the early days and you just stopped listening to their advice or feedback and you shut it out and then people stop telling you because you didn't listen and eventually people just give up, right? Even your parents and close friends and it's not their fault, it's because what are they gonna do? Like you you almost have to, to learn the hard way for you to see like, man, I, I ignored all of these red flags. So, so I think it's either removing yourself out of their environment, finding key people who who can give you that feedback that you need to hear. I would say those are the two main ones. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, environment is is definitely a big one. I was thinking as well, that's exactly what I did in 2019. My hard reset was like I put myself in a brand new apartment with people that I knew were like on top of it, not partying. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of one of two things. It's like either put, like what I've done at least is either put like a financial kind of difficulty on yourself where you have to figure out how to make the money or put yourself in your parents' house where you have no financial burden, but you're living with your parents and you like, oh, I'd kind of prefer to maybe not. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 that's good. All right, well, I appreciate all the information, Arlen. I think we covered a ton of topics that that's very useful for, for both of our audiences. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time for this interview. Thank you so much, Tim. Yeah. I think we, I think we ramped up. Like I think we progressively got stronger. So yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that this was really helpful to everyone and um, and yeah, thank you for having me on and, and setting this all up um, in the one hotel, <laughs> get, your, get our, our Instagram tag there and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks man. Of this course. Been man. Great.